So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. Hello, everyone. God bless you, and welcome today to More Than Conquerors. We are delighted you are here with us, and uh, Terry and I just look forward to talking to you uh, every week and sharing the good things from the Word of God. And our last program that we just did was such a wonderful thing because we gave a good report of uh, our 62-day trip, uh, kind of like the old song they used to sing back in the 60s, See the USA in your Chevrolet. And uh, we kind of did that. <laughs> in a Ford. In a Ford. And uh, it was just wonderful to see what the Lord is doing here in America in the churches. And before we get started, too, Terry, I just wanted you to, to talk about that just briefly. You don't have to read it or quote it. But, you know, Alexander de Tocqueville mm-hmm. came to America a, hundred, a couple of hundred years ago mm-hmm. hundred or so mm-hmm. and um, talked about uh, he came from France mm-hmm. and he was seeking to find out what made America great and why America had prospered so quickly and had grown so much as a real uh, voice you know, at the table of the world and uh, he, he had this wonderful, wonderful uh, statement that he wrote in his book and talked about where he found mm-hmm. uh, the real answer to America. Yeah, he came from France thinking, if I could figure out what made America That's great, right. then I could go back to France and do the same thing and make France great. Right. And uh, so he came and, t- and took a tour. And then he wrote a book later called Democracy in America. And here is the quote. I, I popped it up when you were talking. And he said, I sought for the greatness and genius of America in her commodious harbors in her ample rivers, and it was not there. In her fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. In her rich mines and her vast world commerce, and it was not there. In her democratic Congress and in her matchless constitution, and it was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard the pulpits aflame with righteousness, did I understand the secret of her greatness and power. America is great because she is good. Hallelujah. (laughs) And if America ever ceases to be good, he said, she will cease to be great. Now, I've quoted that for decades, and I've said, I've said probably 20 years ago, I'm beginning to get concerned about America's greatness because her goodness is slipping. It's slipping. We started murdering babies in 1973. Right. Uh, God's not going to overlook that. That's right. You know, we, we've murdered over, what, 80 million babies since 1973? What if we uh, had that population the Bible says no. The Bible says that the blood speaks. Yes, it does. The blood speaks. That's right. And when, when Cain killed his brother yes. Abel, that's right. God said to Cain, he said, your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. 
That so is there has to be a punishment. Amazing. There's a and realm so in the spirit. And uh, if we've functions. murdered nearly 80 million babies since 1973, yes. don't you know that blood is talking to God? Don't you know that blood's crying out from the ground? I mean, My America's goodness. goodness has fallen a yes, long, long way. Yes, Until yes. now, Renee, we started murdering babies then. And now pedophilia and, 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 and human trafficking is more rampant. I mean, it, it's just... It, I mean, it's prevalent in Hollywood. It's prevalent in Washington D.C. It's prevalent right. with the with the politicians. You know, one one guy the other day, a husband of a famous politician, got caught driving drunk in California. And not only was he driving drunk, when he got pulled over, the policeman found an underage young boy hidden, hidden, concealed in the car. Well, you know, if there wasn't a hell, I'd raise an offer and a bill one for people like that. And they're trying to put a P, the letter P, on the end of the LGBTQ. Right. And the P stands for pedophilia. So they're wanting to be able to say, oh, it's normal and it's right. And they're trying to even make it legal mm. that you can be a pedophile. And I said, how is that possible? Because pedophilia, by definition, is sex with a child. Well, a child, by definition, can't consent to sex. And yet they're trying to make that legal. Right. And that communist governor of California, Gavin Newsom, just this last week, uh, signed a bill to reduce the punishment, to reduce the punishment for sodomy with a child. And yet the same week, Nigeria in Africa passed a law that's death to anyone that has sex with a child. I said, Africa's doing better than we are. Over 20 years ago, I had just done a great crusade in Cuba, lots of miracles, lots of wonderful things happened, and I flew into Miami and preached at this wonderful church that was a partner of ours, still is, and uh, God gave me a tremendous message called, Who Do You Say Jesus Is? And uh, I ministered it. It's helped so many people around the world since then. And when I go back and look at all the miracles I've had around the world, it always comes back to who do we say that Jesus is. But this uh, legacy series has four messages on it that God gave me around the world, different countries, different places, that'll bless you and help you. And this great message, Who Do You Say Jesus Is, is uh, one of those messages. God bless you. You're more than conquerors. Well, the, the shocking part of it is that we've even come to this place in America, and it's because of the, as you, as de Tocqueville said yeah, you there. You can't be great because, if you're not good. The goodness of, of humanity ha, is going down the toilet. Now, we reported to you last week about the great trip that we were just recently in in, in so many churches. How encouraged we were at the churches. And we're seeing uh, an awakening uh, with the churches uh, coming to a place of, of better leadership, strong leadership, bold leadership, and we're not at we're not at odds. We're not hating people. The, the church is not against uh, a humankind. We we're want sure to against the sin. We're we're against the um, you know just just the rampant lack of conscience uh, well, of James people. James chapter four and verse four, Renee. Yeah. James four four in every translation <laughs> says this. It says if you're a friend of the world right you're an enemy of god and the church is going to have to realize that yeah. i can't be a friend of the world and be a friend to god that, that just doesn't work it doesn't work together god's not going to change exactly i mean the, you know paul said all these different things about you know how can how can you know satan have fellowship with darkness with light darkness with light all of these all of these things that we 
preach the gospel, the good news of the Word of God is all about the Lord loves everybody and He wants to help everybody, but He, he has to do it His way. Yes. And He has to do it in a way that's life for everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's and there is a, a conviction, a tenderness, a, a reverence and an awe with which you treat other human beings. And Jesus even said there in John, I mean, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, His Sermon on the Mount, He said, if you do any harm to any one of these little ones, it's better for you that a yeah, millstone. Like it's he said it's better for you than a millstone. I mean, you look up what a millstone is. A lot of people don't even know what that is right. these days. But it's a giant rolling stone with a hole in the middle that would grind out the you know the wheat, the, the, the the wheat and the grain. He said it's better for you that a millstone thousands of pounds even be tied about your neck and you be cast into the sea than to harm any one of these little ones and cause any and kind God of harm like to them. hurting kids or widows. Or widows. <laughs> or anybody I mean, else. The, the things that God has such a sense of protection over are widows, orphans, little children. And, and then he talks about with husbands and wives, the respect factor and all of these things to be considered with respect and awe, especially those that are closest to you. I mean, all of these things that we're to tell you about from the church from the word of God and then do it by the fire of the Holy Ghost so that you understand there's a way to do it you can do it you're able to do it in 2022 and and what is it now they say 47 million people are in in slavery in I'm in not human, sure the in, exact number I know in trafficking 15 years ago it was 20 tra- slavery yeah it used to be 15, 20 years ago it's it 20 million yeah well 15 years ago it was 28 million, 28 million. and then now in the last 15 years it has grown exponentially and probably up to close to at least 40 million if not 45 well, what's your point, so Jerry? my point is <clears throat> you can't be great <laughs> if you're not, if you're not good. good America's <laughs> going to have to get back to being good right. but that's what that Frenchman the goodness found of God. all those years ago he said I figured out why America's great because of the pulpits on yeah. fire right. a flame with righteousness that the preachers were preaching preachers are going to have to get back to preaching righteousness well and and that brings us back again to some of the things that Peter said he said that it's that it's time that judgment must begin at the house of God for if the righteous are scarcely saved, what shall become of the wicked? And another verse of scripture that's very if the foundations be destroyed. If the foundations exactly be destroyed. What's going to happen to the good people? To the good people, <laughs> one translation says. And we have to we have to examine ourselves. It's like you know that, that great scripture that says all that both in the old and the new testament it's quoted, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, mm-hmm. but the Lord and the Lord hath laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity yeah. of us all. That means my own way is not just from the sin nature. It's a, it's particular uh, individual iniquities. And those are the things that David goes, you go back over to Psalm, what, 50? Where he says, search me, O God, and try me and know my heart. See, if I always want to say as if <laughs> there is any wicked way in me. It's all of that searching that the Holy Ghost wants to do, mm-hmm. Terry, yeah. to help bring the church back Absolutely. to where we need to be. And it must start at the house of God. If we're going to change the nation, we have to 
we have to repair the church. And so that's why it's imperative that you have godly, Holy Ghost-filled, committed, faithful leadership within the church to lead the people back to God. You know those verses where I named my radio program years ago called Raising the Standard? Yes, yes. There in Isaiah, he says, he says, now I want y'all to get the stumbling blocks right. out of the way of the spiritual return of my people. And I just think that's one of the most... <laughs> That's one of the most profound scriptures in the Bible. He says, I want you to get them out of the way. He said, I want you to help people return back to me. And I want you to to uh, repair the highway so that they can come back to me. Raise up the standard, he right. says. Raise up the standard like they do in an army. Sure. And, the, and the bugler will sound. And then the, the standard bearer will right. raise that standard. And the army knows, go this way. Right. Yeah, in the army, somebody always carried what they, in, in, in our military, the American military, we call it the guide on. Yes, and it's a little flag, you know, up on a pole. Right, and and different different units, different platoons, different sections of the attacking force will have a guide on, so they so that bunch of guys knows <laughs> which way to go. That's right, and knows where the where the front is, and you know what's going on. So well, that's so, what good the leadership calls, will that, do. But for the Bible you. calls it a standard. They raise the standard. Standard raise the know. standard. That's Isaiah. Uh, 57 uh, verse 14 and then Isaiah 62 10 both talk about this he says cast up cast up prepare the way take up the stumbling block out of the way of the spiritual return of my people God's saying I want my people back right I want them to come back and, to and me he holds us to a standard yes he does you know, double, exactly double, double meaning there but he holds us to a standard yes he does uh, and doesn't want us to be a friend of the world no now, don't get me wrong it's not that we hate the world no we hate the world system we're we in the, the world, world but we're sin. not we're in the you world know, we're, but we're, we're not of the world you know people say christians aren't tolerant no no we're the most tolerant people in the world <laughs> except we don't tolerate sin but all the sinners we tolerate we love yeah, them that's you know, right we're not gonna be mean to them not that's gonna hurt right. them uh, we're trying to rescue them from a devil's that's hell. Right. That's uh, right. But we hate the sin. We can't compromise on the sin. That's right. If I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. But the church, I, the church today wants to come and say, Brother Terry, yeah. I want to, I want to live like a pig and be blessed like a sheep. <laughs> I call it the Jesus doesn't care doctrine. Yeah, you right. Know, they just say, right. Well, Jesus doesn't care what I do. That's right. Well, yes, he does. He, yeah. There's a standard there that he can't, he can't fellowship with. No, once that's you, right. Once you start getting in sin, then he has to back off and say, Well, I can't. I can't party with you. I can't. I can't fellowship with you. Uh, I can't fellowship with yeah. sin. Now, he loves you. Yeah. Well, what fellowship hath light with darkness? Exactly. Well, exactly. And it's not that that you you lose your relationship mm -hmm. with the Lord as mm -hmm. a child of God. It's just that the fellowship uh, becomes very dim and very shallow. Right. You know, when you don't when you don't stay over and with the things of God, and it's like Jesus said there in Hebrews five. Uh, it talks about Jesus there, and it says that he shrank in horror. It says right. in the days of his flesh, he learned obedience by the things he, that he, he experienced suffered. and trained his flesh to do what it needed to do and wouldn't let his flesh overrule him. Mm -hmm. He didn't. He he was the spotless son of God, and he offered himself as a sinless mm -hmm. sacrifice. He shrank in he, And it says there that he he because of that, he shrank I love the Amplified. He shrank in horror from anything that would separate him from the bright 
presence of the Father. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, lay your life down today. Give it to Jesus. As a Christian, uh, go read these over there, Psalm 50, 51. Get over it in, into the New Testament. Go back and read the book of Romans again. You know, go back down that Roman road and go back down there and realize that God's got a plan and He wants you to get back on track. And He wants you to get rid of wicked ways. He wants you to get in a place where He can uh, judge you, where you, uh, even Daniel, it says over there, Terry, it says Daniel chastened himself before sure. the Lord. Sure. He did it. Uh, don't wait for, for crisis and things to happen in your life before you before you correct yourself, you know, correct, sure. you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, well, Paul said, <laughs> examine yourself and see if you're in the faith oh, or not. Yeah, I was going to ask you to quote that verse. That <laughs> yeah. was such Sometimes a great verse. we need verse. a check up from the neck up to see if we yeah. have hardening of the attitudes. But. And it's a daily thing. You know, it's not just something, being a Christian is, is so interpersonal with just and it's an individual growth uh, path that God has you on that you never put on all of product and you never have to compare yourself to somebody else uh, you're always in a place where God's talking to you he's not going to have you go talk to somebody else for him right, right. it's always what God tells you to do and then like Paul told the Colossians there he said now y'all work this out your own salvation Work it out with fear and trembling, yes. with tenderness of conscience. Uh, he says, uh, with uh, with just a, a fearfulness and awe and respect between you and God, that you would do anything, absolutely, you know, to offend God and man. Because you always want to be in fellowship. Yes. With God, isn't that wonderful? You, God you asks know, you us said, to well, fellowship go, with you Him. You said, "Well, go go read Romans and go down the Roman road." You know, mo most pastors today would not have the courage, right? Uh, many would, but most won't have the courage <laughs> to stand in their pulpit yes. and read Romans chapter one. We have talked you, about you go that. You read Romans it. chapter one in two or three different translations. God says some pretty strong thing, and this is New Testament. This is under grace, <laughs> and God says, "I still don't like it. Still don't like it." Yeah, I just think it takes a tremendous amount of courage. If the, if your congregations can survive Romans chapter one, you may be doing your job, <laughs> and you have got to go in there and read it and soak it up yourself as a leader. Make sure you can buck up and handle the information, and not just stay over in the glory part. You know, but you stay know, people, for the correction parts. People today don't understand. And I've talked to many preachers about this and tried to, and, and tried to help them. Some I could, some wouldn't listen. But they don't understand the difference between fellowship, right, and relationship. That's so good. And you know, I, I, I let me give you an example of that. When my boys were little, I'd take them fishing, and uh, and of course they got bigger and bigger and bigger, and and and, and so. Uh, but as as we first started going fishing. Um, you know, I, I did everything for them. Right. I hooked the boat up. I put the fishing gear in the boat. I, I put the, you know, the drink, the Cokes and water in the ice chest. That's and I picked right. the ice chest. I, I did it all. But then when we got in the boat out fishing, um, we fellowshipped. Right. In other words, we were all equal. Yes. You know, Lynn would say, Dad, can we fish over there? Or Paul would say, Dad, I want to fish over there. I'd say, hey, where you guys want to fish? Or, or hey, hand me a sandwich out of the ice chest. Or, hey, give me a Coke. You know, and, and we were all equal. We were right. their fishing buddies. Right. Right? We're, we're fellowshipping. There's no relationship here. It's fellowship. <laughs> and then right. when we got back home, right. and as they got bigger, as they got back home, I'd say, guys, put the boat up. You know, unhook the boat, put it away, put the tarp over it, uh, spray down the gear. Yes. And now, now I'm dad. We, we've we've gone from fellowship right. to relationship. Now I'm dad. 
you're the boys. Right. Now you do you do your job here. That's and, such a good and, and example. It's the same thing in, in in the ministry or in church or in in life. You you have people you fellowship with. Exactly. Where you just everybody's just buddies. Everybody's equal. Then you have relationship. Right. Just like a pastor out at the church picnic. Well, he wants to fellowship. Right. He he's not trying to have a relationship with the church picnic. He, <laughs> he he's not trying to be the pastor at the church picnic. You, That's you right. don't pastor a hot dog. Right. He just wants to eat the hot dog. <laughs> you know, and he wants to watch the baseball game. He wants right. to watch the kids race. He exactly. he wants to fellowship and be one of the folks. How many and, and times fellowship. I got stuck talking to Sister Trudy for you. Some dear old saint will come up and say counseling session in. Some dear old saint will come up and say. <laughs> Pastor, I've been wanting to talk to you for, for four weeks. I've been calling your office. So, so then they, they occupy pastor's time right. at the, at at the, the picnic. picnic. And pastor's not pastor at the right. picnic. Pastor's trying to fellowship yeah. and be a good old boy. Just but, have a good time out there with the people and enjoy the some, fellowship. Some dear saint doesn't get that. So they occupy <laughs> his time. He can't yes. watch the ball game. He can't watch the races. He can't eat a hot dog. But then they get back in church on Sunday and these folks that were at the picnic that saw Pastor went to fellowship, now they're trying to fellowship in church. Right. Hey, buddy. Hey, Pastor. What's going on? Hey. Yeah. hey or, you know, uh, no, no, no. We're not fellowshipping anymore. Now we're, we're in a relationship. Now right. Pastor's put on this hat. Right. This is Pastor on it. Y'all listen. And so he stepped into an office of being a pastor. Right. So now we're not fellowshipping. Right. Now we're relationship. Right. And so we have to understand that in the church, and we have to understand what God's doing, and God wants to fellowship with mm. us. We're not going to break the relationship. No, you get into right. sin, he's not going to say, I hate you, you're going to hell. No, 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 he doesn't break the relationship. No, right. But he does break the fellowship. He does say, hey, if you're going to do that, I can't do it with you. If you're going to go there, I can't go with you. I used to do that when I was a teenager. I'd have friends of mine say, hey, let's go to the bar. And I'd say, well, no, you're my friends, but I can't go there with you. Right. You know, I draw a line here. I'm not going to do this. And, and and it would break the fellowship, you know, still had a relationship. Even in the ministry, I have fellowship with people, even preachers. Right. Then I don't even want a relationship with. <laughs> Sometimes I'm invited to preach at a conference or a camp meeting or a convention, and yeah. two or three other guys are, 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 are asked to preach at the same convention. And uh, I may not like anything they're, they're saying or the way they live. You know, but I, I'm fellowshipping with them because whoever's invited us takes us all out to lunch. So we're having fellowship. Right. But I don't want a relationship. I'm not going to call them later and say, hey, let's mean you go to the movie. Hey, let's mean you let's go to, let's go yeah. to dinner. You know, I, I don't want a relationship well, because that, I don't want to. I'm not going to. I don't want to get involved with what they're involved in. Sure. I'll preach the message that they're preaching. Sure. In fact, my my staff, my secretary uh, <laughs> have been instructed for many, many sort of years probably decades that when somebody calls and invites me to come speak at a convention or a camp meeting my staff's instructed to say well are there other speakers and if there are other speakers then who are they you know because i want to know who they are before i agree to go preach exactly a good friend of mine in tulsa one year was having a big convention and he invited me to speak and and uh, and i said sure i'll be glad to speak for you i said are there any other speakers he said yeah and i said well who are they and he said to me, he said, well, why does that matter? I said, well, it matters big time to me. I said, because you may be having somebody in the speak, preaching totally opposite of what I'm preaching. Right. We're not in agreement. Why would you even want that in your church? Mm. I said, better for me to bow out. Right. You know? And he said, well, like who? And so I named a couple of guys. And I said, if you're having them, because he had them a lot. I said, if you're having them, I'm not going to stay on the same platform with them. I don't want a fellowship with them. I don't want a relationship with them. You know, so if, if, if you got good guys coming in preaching the word, I'll, I'll, I'll come. Yeah. But I'm not going to come and just be another speaker. 
with other speakers that we're butting heads on our message and on, on our lifestyle and on what we believe, it's better for me if I just don't come. So I'm, I'm picky with who I preach with. Well, and pastors have that responsibility, too, to not uh, have an uncertain sound in the church, to have conflicting messages, right. to watch over, just like you would your children. You don't want your children uh, fellowshipping with people uh, and going into homes that don't believe the same thing you do or that don't mm-hmm. even come near it or, mm-hmm. or they are adversely opposed to uh, Christianity or your lifestyle. It's one thing to minister to somebody, but it's another thing to have constant fellowship. But then, you know, Paul asked the question, you know, how can two walk together except they be, agreed? they be agreed? You know, so the agreement between the church and the world is speak is, the same thing in love. <laughs> yeah. It, when you're a in the church, at least you can speak the same thing in love and have that corporate anointing, the blessing of the Lord, where we have our own company. We believe what we believe and we love that. And yet we love everybody else. We're not we're not here to hurt people, but we are here to raise the standard, to lift up the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do that uh, with a sense of care and nurturing to people that, that come in amongst us, and yet we're not out waving flags and condemning people and telling them they're, you know, the whole message of the gospel. Yes, um, you know, the devil will take you to hell yeah, if you follow him. you can't be great. Right. If you're not if good. If you're not good. And the, the church, church can't be great good. if it's not good. And America can't be great if she's not good. And uh, we need to remember those things. You and, know, we're still supposed to be talking about spiritual authority. In the last two weeks, we hadn't got anywhere close to it because we've had this other stuff on our heart. Well, you know, we're just following the Holy Ghost to some degree. Brother Osteen said, preach out of the overflow. That's it. That's always the... <laughs> we that, come in here with wonderful. a particular thing to say, and then the Holy Spirit goes another direction. That's wonderful. Well, you know where the repair starts? The repair, the repair starts in you, one at a time, one at a time. That's how we get the church fixed. Then that's how we get America fixed. That's how we get things repaired right here but in this country. We are going to have to stand up and draw a line and yes, say, I'm, we are. I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not going Hey, here. I love and, you. And it's time in America to do that. You know, help yourself. But we're, as for me and my house, we're yeah. going to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, we just want to tell you one more time, darling, like you said, for nigh on to 55 years coming up here, uh, 54 right now. We want to tell you one more time, you are more, more than, than conquerors. Bye-bye. We are here in the year 2022, the year of our Lord 2022, to do great and mighty things for the kingdom of God, to focus on helping children around the world. Last year, we did 42 nations in 42 different orphanages in 26 different nations, and we are just delighted to do that all the time. Besides all year long, we're helping widows and, and homes of people that are in need around the world. You can give through Terry Mize Ministries through terrymize.com. We just look forward to hearing from you. It's going to be a great time. We're going to do great things and we're going to do it together. God bless you. We pray all of God's abundant blessings on you coming in and going out. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. Renee and I just want to remind you that the greatest miracle of all time and the only eternal miracle is salvation. You know, Christians say sometimes, hey, if you get saved, you live forever. Well, I've got news for you. You're going to live forever anyway, somewhere, either in hell without God for eternity or in heaven 
with God for eternity. So uh, we don't want to leave without giving you an opportunity to, to give your life to Jesus, to accept him as your personal savior. The Bible says that we'll confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and called Jesus our Lord, ask forgiveness for our sins, we will be saved. It even says if you'll call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. So uh, let's just do that right now. Pray this prayer after me. Father God, I come before you today to accept Jesus. I believe in my heart Jesus is the Son of God. I call on you today according to your word. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me a new creature. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, and I'll serve you the rest of my days in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says you're saved, you're born again. So write us, let us know, tell somebody that you prayed with Terry and Renee and that you gave your heart to Jesus. We love you. God bless you.